and welcome to the Houston Element Podcast. My name is Missy, and I'm your host. And today, we're bringing it back to the grassroots over here at the Lab 45 Recording Studios, back from our earlier episodes, if you remember. And today, we are here with a recording artist, one of the many talented recording artists that recorded here. We are here with Boosted Met. Hey, what's up? Pleasure to have you, man. Pleasure to have you, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm so excited that you're able to join us finally on the podcast, man. It's an honor. Me too. Me too. I'm excited. So for those that are not familiar, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Boosted Matt. Uh, I record a lot of my music myself. Um, I produce a lot of my music myself as well. Um, I am I'm from the Houston area, and I like to work with local artists. I like to do um, lots of things around the local area. Um, I have, I've been working on music for 2023. I've been releasing music every six weeks. And uh, for the last release, I'm going to be doing an album called Pain Equals Profit on December 11th. Oh, did y'all hear that? We got new music coming out this month. Oh, I'm excited. Me too. It's going to be good. Oh, man. So I've been seeing your discography online and I'm like, you are not playing, sir. You have been releasing like singles like every other couple of weeks this year. Like, I don't even know how many, like four or five, I think so far that you released this year or something like that. At the beginning of 2023, um, I released one single and then I decided that every six weeks after that, I'd release another one. So I've just been on the grind for it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, man. You are not exaggerating. You are yeah. not even exaggerating, man. Like, ooh, but I'm so excited. <laughs> so can you tell us about when you started making music? So I started making music when I was in middle school, probably around seventh, eighth grade. I started producing beats just on my laptop with Ableton. And then one day I was, like, hanging out with one of my best, like, my closest best friends. And he asked me, like, if we could make a rap song. And I kind of, like, jokingly, like, said okay and didn't really think much of it. And then once we finally, like, he convinced me to do it, uh, we got hooked on it. And then me and him just started making music forever. And now I still make music with him uh, to this day. So anytime you see music with Lil Clip, that's who I started making music with. Oh, wow. Wow, man. So musician and producer as well oh my goodness oh my goodness i bet your your brain is like constantly like fighting for the creative wheel the yeah. musician and the producer oh my god oh my god but you're a trooper you're a trooper yeah. for <laughs> i try and i handle a lot of the production that i do myself like i do a lot of my visualizers um like just about everything on the back end for my music wow wow that's wonderful man that's wonderful man and you said you've done done projects with a little clip, is yes. that right? Uh, and so, are you still working with him today? Yes, I'm actually uh, probably in a few weeks. Here, uh, we're going to come to the studio and record. Nice, nice, man. And uh, so, and you're an Ableton person. So yeah. I'm not as familiar with Ableton because I'm not the producer person. I'm just the engineer, you know, the, just the fader pusher, you know, yeah. on Pro Tools kind of things. But uh, how do you like Ableton using it for producing versus just not just laying down tracks? Well, for when I'm laying down tracks, I'd use a lot of like Pro Tools. Um, but I like Ableton a lot for producing because 
probably just because I like I started using it, but um, it's really for me. It's just simple. The workflow is very straightforward. Because um, I like to just plug in my MIDI keyboard and play in stuff. I don't necessarily, or I'll click in, pl um, like just click notes in sometimes too. But I don't really do a lot of like live recording unless I'm doing Pro Tools. So it, Ableton kind of just seems simple for me. Uh, and that's something I need to invest in my in is in a MIDI keyboard because this chicken pecking of notes on Pro Tools. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. I mean, I can't see with with my glasses on. Yeah. So trying to like blow up that MIDI keyboard, then I'm like, which one is the C major note again? And I I play it off in the whole wrong key. And I'm like, and they're tiny. And it's impossible to like make them bigger. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, it doesn't actually tell you. It just says one, two, three, four. It doesn't tell you which yeah. is the C major. And like, I don't know how I'm going. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh my god, it gives me such anxiety. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but you like the workflow on Ableton better when it comes yes. for that. A lot because you can like you can fold down tracks so. If you're um, like, let's say you make like a drum rack in there, and you don't, you're not using every single notes of a keyboard. You can just fold it down so that way you're only seeing the notes that you're actually using. What a concept! What a concept! Pro Tools, get it together. <laughs> but you know what? I guess you know, just like how ketchup and mustard are both condiments, that doesn't mean ketchup goes on everything. Yeah. Some may argue, but it's true. It's true, man. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's true. So when did you come up with the name Boosted Met? And what is uh, your lyrics and your style inspiration based off? So Boosted Met for me, um, when I first created it, I was trying to think of a name um, to start like releasing music. And I came to Boosted Met because like I'm always like, especially with my grandpa, my grandpa always like he was big about bass. Like there always had to be bass no matter like, if we were watching TV, he had to have, like, a subwoofer cranked all the way to 10. Like, if we're in his car, his subs are completely cranked. Like, he just loved bass. So anytime I made music, I would always make sure that I had enough bass in it. Because if I had to show it to him or wanted to, um, like, he would always immediately, like, say something about the bass, no matter how much there was. So um, the boosted is, like, bass boosted. And then Met comes from, I play a lot of instruments. I was in a band for years, in marching band. So um, Met, because I'm like, I always rap on the metronome too. So I'm always right on beat. Uh, so boosted Met. Oh my goodness. It, it, vocalist, instrumentalist, <laughs> producer. I mean, they, they say you only got two sides of the brain, but I think you got three three drivers over there that are always like, mm -mm, nope, that's not on beat. Mm -mm, no, nope. that don't sound flat. Mm -mm, no, that's wrong. No. <laughs> My brain's oh my all over the place. Oh, my God. But I tip my hat off to you, man, because that's Thank a you. lot of creativity to keep in just one nice, neat little package, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so your grandpa was, was definitely the one to tell you, be like, mijo, <laughs> mi corazón no se mueve con esta música. My heart does not move with this music. Like, what's going on? Yep. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that, man. Now... Correct me if I'm wrong, because I've heard from a lot of people, too, you know, especially, you know, when they think of, like, hip-hop and R&B, they're like, you know, having that bass predominant but not overpowering yeah. is very important to the piece. Absolutely. Uh, what would, based on your experience, what is your advice to find, like, that good medium? What is that sweet spot that you're looking for? 
when I first started making music, I realized um, I would put a lot of my like notes way too low. Mm. Like bass notes would be way, way too um, low an octave. So I like to have them like a little bit higher an octave now. Um, and then like try and have it sit underneath your mix instead of just trying to fill everything because you're going to hear that low end. So if you have it underneath and you EQ it right, then you shouldn't have to do too much with levels and you can make it fit in pretty well. Okay. Okay. I like that. You make it sound a lot easier said than done, but I mean, <laughs> no, uh, definitely. but you got that musical ear. So like you hear things that not just the average bear hears. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like even as an engineer, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, I got a pretty good sense of hearing. But I'm still not hearing it the same way as somebody with your kind of level of understanding of music would hear it, too. Uh, and especially you got that keen sense of that low end, which yeah, just about everybody can hear the mid and the highs. But hearing that low, that is, that's a technique yeah. on its own. No, for sure. Wow. wow. It's definitely hard and it takes a lot of training to get used to it. Can I ask a hot question, a hot topic for question? Sure. You get some. You get some artists. You may have had some artists also as yourself um, coming in with beats from straight from YouTube. Yeah. And MP3 or MP4 format, however it comes in, kind of thing. You know, sometimes that bass is crazy. Yeah. What would be your advice on how to tame um, bass tracks that are not in the highest of quality? Um, I would say uh, definitely throw it into like throw an EQ on it and then pull out your um like pull out a little bit of your low end like like on the extreme lows for sure because if you can do um like aggressive EQing on the extreme lows then when you get to like the mid um the mid lows you'll have a little bit less work to do mm -hmm. but you want to definitely bring things down instead of like you can also bring like your um your mids and your highs up to try and compensate for that. Mm -hmm. But if you try and bring things up too much, you're just going to get real noisy and it's going to sound kind of crappy. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you've heard this from Professor Les over at San Jack, but you always cut before you boost. No, absolutely. That's definitely one of my biggest, like, um, how you say it, like, like principles, like mm -hmm. whenever I'm mixing. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Wonderful, wonderful, man. So aside from being a master at the low end mixing, what kind of other things do you enjoy to have in your music? I'm big about like, when I'm listening to music, I don't like things being very like flat. I like there being lots of layers and moving parts to it. Um, like even if there's like repeating um, ideas within the music, I really like having like lots of layers. So if you listen to my music and you listen to uh, my vocals, like there's lots of, there's very few times where I just have one vocal track over the audio. There's usually lots of background vocals, ad-libs, and things going on in between. Okay. Okay. All right. I like that, man. I like that, man. You make it sound so easy. Even me, being an, being an engineer, I'm like, but, like, I need to, like, be a little parrot over your shoulder one day. Be like, what? Because I've been listening to it, man. And no lie. No lie. Your music is very, very full. Thank you know you. what I'm saying? Like, I like that's like a, a full a full show in each track. I'm like, oh, this is nice. Thank you. Thank I don't you. have to wait for to listen to the next one to get that itch. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, yep. oh yeah. We call that a one man a one hit shop, a one man shop. 
One stop, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like a stop and go music, okay? Everything that you need right there. Yes. I like <laughs> thank it. Thank you. Thank you. I like it, man. I mean, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass. Like I'm for real, man. I'm like no, I appreciate that. It means a lot for real. <laughs> well, I, I I real recognizes real. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? And I recognize the hard work because man, not not to discredit these auto-tune engineers and artists, you know what I'm saying? But when when some people are like, oh, I just want to harmonize. And then all they do is crank the auto-tune. I'm like... It doesn't work. There's got to be like... You got to change the tone of your voice. You got to go... Um, you got to go like kind of out of the octave sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or like out of key sometimes to mm-hmm. even get that fe- that sound. But... Take notes, y'all. <laughs> take notes. Okay? He laying it down for free. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to go back to take notes. She. <laughs> My goodness, man. No, seriously, I'm going to pick your brain about this music stuff because music theory whooped my insane jack. Oh, my Lord. So I think definitely being in band and um, like listening to like classical music a lot because I'm playing it as well and hearing those moving elements definitely gave me a good sense of like how to create um, those different elements. And classical music is one of the foundations for any kind of genre that you want to get into for sure no absolutely and so what instrument did you play when you were in marching band i played saxophone Ooh. Ooh. i'm so i'm so envious i'm so envious of my my wind instrumentalist because i have asthma mm. i have to live vicariously through y'all oh yeah <laughs> so uh would you say the saxophone helped to um helped with your vocal training as well with all the the air instrument, or was it a different technique that helped you? Um, it probably did help a lot, especially with breathing, mm. because like I have very good control of like my breath and like when to breathe and like how to breathe in musical spots to where even if I do breathe while I'm like rapping or saying something, then you don't necessarily hear it or notice it because it's somewhat musical. But. And- I mean, I'm ignorant of this because, like, I know, like, with some wind instruments, like, especially with the saxophone, you have the reed that you have to put in there in place. um, And you have to control the amount of air and saliva that, you know, things like that. Because if you blow into it, it sounds like... Yeah. Kind of thing. Like... Because about the vibration of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's about how um, when you're blowing into it, you're making the reed vibrate. Mm -hmm. And the way the reed vibrates... um, creates tones and then um closing the different keys creates um different notes shut the front door man oh my god man so when you were playing the saxophone uh did you used to write your own music as well or did you just play the music that was based off of uh the instructors a little bit of both um whenever um because we had a lot of like especially with marching band it's a lot of like because you're memorizing everything Mm -hmm. you don't have a music stand or anything so you got like a six minute show of very intricate music while also trying to memorize like where you're going. Um, so I was doing a lot, a lot of practicing. Um, but between that, I would definitely like mess around and try and like write my own stuff. Um, and I've even used that in some songs. Like I've recorded a little bit over that. Nice, nice. And so along with the saxophone, you mentioned your MIDI keyboard earlier. So you're fluent with a piano as well, I would presume? Yes. Oh, wow. So sax, piano, is there any other instruments that you like to play besides doing vocals? Drums. Um, My dad played drums when he was a kid. And then when I was young, I kind of, that was one of the first few instruments I really got into. 
other than like guitar, but guitar I was kind of just messing around with like as a kid. Um, I'm starting to get back into that more, but um, but yeah, I play drums a lot and I love drums. Oh man, have you uh, worked with any kind of um, different artists outside of the rap and R and B genre that or or any kind of rap R and B genre that incorporates drums and uh, other instruments as well in their music? A little bit. Um, I haven't really like necessarily played for people mm. um but like i've done lots of like beat production for like um like some afro beat artist and a couple of like reggae and different things like that oh so you're you you got people blowing up your phone all day probably talking about bro <laughs> this man does not know what bass and percussion is i need your help <laughs> yep. sos pretty much <laughs> people will send me beats and be like hey can you make a better version of this and i'll have to like try and navigate how to make like my own thing because I don't want to just copy someone else's beat um and then also like make it like a higher quality right yeah it's like sure I'll make it better let me put this in the trash and then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> redo it all over again pretty much redo the whole kitchen model yeah, exactly oh man oh man yeah y'all y'all need to save this man's contact you need to follow him okay drum and bass I mean what else do you need I mean I'm telling you just about anybody can find their way um, in their in the mids and the highs, but percussion and bass. Oh my Absolutely. goodness! At oh Boosted Met on Instagram. Okay, okay. Send your request and your referrals, and you will not be you will not be sad. You Absolutely. Not be if you need beats, uh, can sell beats to you. Um, if you need anyone to mix master tracks, I got that too. Y'all go on and do it. Go on and do it. So let's get to talk about some of these singles that you released this year. So just a couple to to name a few. We have Tropicana, yep. okay, and Top of the Mountain, which, if I'm not mistaken, you performed recently at the open mic here a few weeks ago. Is that correct? No, I actually performed a song that's going to be on my upcoming album. Oh, ooh, ooh, yum, yum, yum. Well, before we get into that that juicy tidbit, can you tell us a little bit about some of the singles that you released this year th- so far? Yes. So, um, Tropicana, actually, that's an interesting story because that's a really, really old song that I've been working on for a while. Um, that's one with a uh, little clip. And basically, we recorded a song called Black Magic. And at the same time, we created the idea for Tropicana and... We recorded it, and we kind of had sat on it for, like, maybe a year and a half, two years-ish. And then eventually uh, we decided to go back to the studio, re-record it um, with our friend Desmond. And then we got everything, like, tightened up. We redid it, and then we decided to release it. But that one was a really fun project. Nice. Uh, Top of the Mountain, that one, was another one that was just from, like, one of the six weeks. Uh trying to think of where I recorded that one. I'm pretty sure that one was at Audible Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was actually one of the few ones this year that I recorded um, that I didn't just record like in my house mm-hmm. or like in my home studio. Okay, nice, nice. And how about the track OK? Ooh, um, OK, that's probably like my favorite song like out of like not just songs that I've made but just like songs in general. Like, the lyrics, not only that I wrote in there, but that little clip wrote, like, they just hit, like, very close to, like, it explains a lot about 
relationships and kind of not just like romantic relationships, but relationships within friendships and kind of the like self-doubt that kind of goes in between it. Um, and I just I really like the lyricism that went into it. I, I, I was digging it, man. I was digging it, man. Especially Top of the Mountain. I like how you started out that intro with the newscaster talking about one of the upcoming Houston yeah. artists, things like that. Like, I thought that was really, really cool, man. And so... Uh, thank you, thank you. No, of course, of course. So besides Top of the Mountain, you said Tropicana and OK, you did your recording at your home studio? Yes. So how how was the process like working in your home studio versus sometimes doing it in third-party studios? To be honest, especially when I'm recording like myself, I would much rather be in like a home studio just because it's more comfortable. Um, I'm right there. My microphone's like right next to me and then I have my laptop right here. So it's like everything's just very comfortable. Plus, it's like it's my room. It's my studio that I built. Um, so it's like I'm just very comfortable in there. But when I'm recording other artists, it's nice to be like in a place like here or like in an actual booth because... I can be in, there's a little bit more isolation. And then not only with the isolation, but there's a lot more control that I have behind the scenes. Like I can plug into a lot more like preamps. I can do lots of compressors. I can do a lot of analog type things, but. You got the, you got the three chiefs up there that are like, dude, just hold my beer. Let, let me do what I need to do. All right. You Yo. know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when you record at like third party studios, Audible or over here, uh, do you have, uh, do you choose that because um, you have a good relationship with the engineers as well? They kind of already know your workflow and how you want it to sound. Yeah, I've recorded there a few times, so I'm comfortable with it. Um, so I enjoy doing, it's just nice to go there and record somewhere you're comfortable. Okay, right on, right on, man. Have you ever had times with where your where the engineer was mixing and you're like, hey, excuse me, sir, I need some bass. I need you to fix that low. Uh-uh. Well, I like I definitely um, when I go to record, I don't ask like I like to mix my own stuff because uh-huh. I know exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. So um, like I'll take my sessions home. Okay, nice, nice. But, okay, yeah, it's just just easier because it's like you already know what you need to do, like you said, and yeah. it's like what. So they'll make it sound good while I'm there. Mm -hmm. And then when I go home, I'll go and fine-tune things and make it sound nice. 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 I like that, man. I like that, man. So you've worked over at, you know, doing your, in your home studio as well. You've done some recordings over at Audible Studios with Random, I presume. And uh, you've done some sessions here with Will also at the Lab 45. Awesome. I sat in with a lot of sessions while he's recorded other artists. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Because you're also a student at San Jack Audio Program as well right now, yes. correct? So how how has it been your experience going from producer, musician, vocalist <laughs> to now student? Like almost like kind of like humbling yourself a little bit. It's been, I love school. Like for me, like especially because like I talk to a lot of my friends who are studying, like I have friends that are doing um, chemical engineering I have some that are going to do um, like just some general study things, um, business and just all sorts of stuff. And they enjoy their subjects, but they're like school is kind of like a chore for them. But for me, I'm going to this. I'm going to school. I'm learning about music. I'm learning how to mix my music better. I'm learning how to record artists better. I'm learning like it doesn't feel like I'm going to school. It just feels like I'm going to do something that 
I enjoy. So it's definitely like almost like a playground for me. But I agree. I agree. When I was over there, it really did feel like, I mean, it was just overwhelming. Just like having all that, all that stuff to play with oh. and things like that. It's like, oh my God. Yes. This is so exciting. I'm so excited. And then just about any question you could have, there's someone to answer it. Yes. Like the professors are really good over there. Yes. Shout out to the professors at San Jack Central. Y'all are the realist. Thank you for being yeah, so absolutely. patient. You, you know who you are. Okay. Much love. Much love. Is there any technique that you learned at San Jack in the audio program that uh, has helped you um, add on to your workflow that from before? For sure. Um, definitely a lot of the mixing um, and recording things because... I've learned a lot like of how to record other artists, but I can put that into myself because you learn like how to tell and like where the artist needs to stand in front of the microphone. So learning that I now know where I need to stand and where to get the best vocal for myself, how to get the best quality, where to mic myself so that I can sound better. Um, and instead of just mixing to make things sound good, I'm mixing for specific things or tr knowing what it is that I want to do. Like I want to make my, uh, vocal more warm or I want to try and dull it out a little bit but. I feel that man I feel that man is there any kind of specific gear you like to use specific mics preamps outboard gear for outboard gear um not too much but my home microphone I have a TLM um I have a 49 but I absolutely like love that thing like it's abs it's incredible but um other than that, that's I have the little the HS fives. Um, I'm thinking about getting either a subwoofer or something like that. But okay, okay, nice. Yeah, like most people nowadays, they mix inside the box, you know, inside their doll kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. um, because I mean, not everybody's got stacks to buy outboard gear. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, thankfully, thanks to some of these Christian um, auto audio people, we can now get a digital form of that outboard gear, which is amazing. And it sounds just as good half the time. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, even with like the stuff people are doing with band labs on their phone, mm. like people have professional sounding recordings that they just did in their bedroom on their phone. Like, it's crazy. Uh, if you just have the know-all, like you said, of where to where to stand, how to how to project kind of things, you can really make magic with just about whatever. No, for sure. Do you have any kind of specific EQs or compressors, effects machines that you like to use in your DAW? Honestly, I think it's a free one, but I've been using like these M-Audio plugins. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it came with like one of something that I bought or if I just found it online for free, but their EQs, compressors, delays, like all their basic effects in there, they're actually really nice and they sound great. And all of the presets too, the presets are solid. But I like that, man. I like that, man. I think these little speakers that I got here are M-Audio too. Yeah, and they're not bad mm. for being travel size, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because your girl got a messed up back. She can't carry them five inch, 12, <laughs> five inch, seven inches everywhere she goes. No, nope. sir. <laughs> oh, snap. Keep bumping the thing. Like I got no, I got no sense. <clears throat> so you were mentioning earlier that you also make all of your visual videos for uh, your songs. Like you have some of them out on YouTube. Can you tell yes. us about that? So um, when I was in high school, I was involved in a program called Night Vision, 
which was a AV program. Um, like you take AV and then if you get accepted into like there's 30 spots out of the whole school. And then we made like these video skits and we would put them on YouTube. Um, you can probably still find them up there. But like we would make these video skits um, like PSAs, all sorts of different things. I even we did a lip dub video uh, for the whole school and I produced the music for that. Wow. Um, but we did a like not really produced it, but like remixed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned a lot about not just video, like filming production, but how to actually edit and then make visualizers, um, how to use Pro to- or not Pro Tools, um, Premiere and After Effects. So I used those to like create visualizers and try and help promote the music a little bit that way. Okay. Okay. Uh, like your visuals are very abstract kind of art things, you know, whatever. Yeah. Is that supposed to help to go with the tempo of the music that's playing as well? Pretty much. I like to try and find visuals that um, like match the kind of vibe of what the actual music sounds like. Because my music kind of has a very cinematic type of feel to it mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So I like to try and find something that can help like play into that. And then that speaker logo um, is just a, it's a logo I created one day in Photoshop, and I love it, so I use it every for every visual. Nice, nice, man. Woo. And then you got the video on top of it. Man, it this this uh, hustling ain't easy, but he sure as hell makes it look easy, y'all. Like, damn, damn, man. If you ain't taking notes, hit the rewind and take some damn notes, man, for real, for real. I'm just one of those people that, like, when I see if someone wants to, uh, like, if I could pay someone to do it, I would rather just learn to do it myself because I don't want to pay someone to do something and then it not be the quality that I feel like I could do better at. Or having to go back and edit it, request edits after edit after edit after edit. Exactly. And it's like, if you just go in a straight line, like I asked you. Yep. (laughs) Instead of doing this, it'd be so much easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that, man. I feel that, man. I'm kind of in the same boat a little bit, but more or less, it's like if if it don't if I don't do it, it don't get done. Yep. So she she got to learn. So I respect that, man. I respect that, man. Thank you. So what has been uh, one of your favorite classes that you've been taking at San Jack so far? Right now, um, I'm taking audio troubleshooting, which is a lot of fun. Because I'm learning how to, like, build cables, like, build microphone cables and all those, which I didn't realize that I would enjoy so much. But, like, there's something just therapeutic about making those wires and soldering. So I've enjoyed that a lot. And then um, I think it was Audio 2 when I was in the studio with Professor Fiddler and um, doing, like, the live recording stuff and um, learning a lot about that and learning signal flow. Like, I've been enjoying, like... I enjoy the theory behind audio a lot. Like, it's just very, like, I don't know. Something about it just, like, makes my head, like, immersed. Man, I'm telling you. I mean, I don't, at least for us, I would want to say, you know what I'm saying? Because we're both very passionate about it. But it's like a language. Like, you can't unlearn it. Exactly. You know? Like, you go somewhere and you hear that, hear, like, when somebody rips the cable out without mm-hmm. meeting the channel. You and you're exactly just like. exactly what it is. Mute the channel before you change the patch man (laughs) and it's like things that you realize you've heard a million times and 
you have no clue what it is and now you know what it is, that's like, it just makes you mad. Yeah. Before you could ignore it, but now it's like, it's just right there in your head. But isn't it satisfying when you're like troubleshooting something and you like, oh, I already know what that is. And mm-hmm. it's like the first first go at resolving it and it works just fine after yep. that. Especially when there's someone like watching you or upset that it didn't work and you can just walk right over and fix it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's why y'all hired me, remember? Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Just doing my job, Captain. Like, oh, man. Oh, man. Fun stuff, man. Uh, I'm not going to say where, but y'all know where. Anyways, anyways, no, uh, I'll fill you, man. Have, have you, so was a cable making, uh, something that you did before San Jack or is that was something you learned at San Jack? I learned that at San Jack, but now that I know it, I'm definitely going to do a lot more of it. Oh yeah. Since I graduated, I've been making cables. I guess something to do, son. And, um, and even in life sound, you know, um, I've seen people like the guitar techs, the bass techs, they always have at the top of their rack, they have a soldering mm-hmm. iron yep. to fix those cables if they need to be fixed. Because especially in live sound, you can't just go to the other room and grab one. Mm-hmm. you got to fix it right then and there. Yep. And especially if you know how to, you can fix it in like a couple seconds. It's like, there's nothing better than that. Oh, yeah. And like Professor Les says, you just find yourself doing it in front of the TV, just like, and it's just like, yep. it's so chill. Mm-hmm. It's so chill. So with your many talents as musician, vocalist, engineer, producer, artist, do you uh, envision staying just in the studio aspect or do you want to maybe do something like doing, um, not just performing live, but I mean live engineering as well? Maybe a little bit. Um, I definitely enjoy doing live engineering. Like over um, Thanksgiving, my co- or my cousin, my uncle, he plays in a reggae band. So I went out there and I mixed the live audio for his band out there. Um, so it was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. But I think my main goal is definitely being an artist, being on stage and performing. Of but. course. Of course, man. And uh, so based on your experience doing live shows, things like that, um, have you ever had times where you had to kindly ask the, the live engineer to be like, yo, man. Can we can we get a little EQ over here? Can we get a can we get a little help from my compressors kind of thing? So far, not yet. But um, at the same time, like I can't really hear my vocals too well mm-hmm. when I'm performing. So like I wouldn't know necessarily like those little things. Mm-hmm. But okay, okay, right on, man. Yeah, and that's why my life sound friends. It's very important to make sure that they got enough vocals in their monitor. So they're not sitting there screaming and going deaf and going hoarse because you don't know how to mix the monitors well. So be kind, be kind, and think of your artist. Think of the monitor mix too. Front of house is good, but think of the monitor mix too. So uh, do you think that's something like within ears would be something that you would look into uh, when you're performing live next time? For sure. Yeah. That's definitely something I want to get one day. Mm Mm-hmm. Right on, man. Right on, man. Uh, and now that, that may be a good thing and a, oh, no, what did he, what did he or she behind the console do? Kind of yeah. Because if you get some feedback in in-ears, oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no bueno, no bueno, no bueno. Oh, my goodness. 
And so you recently performed the open mic here a few weeks ago at the Lab 45 for our two-year anniversary event. Mm -hmm. And you told us that you you performed one of your upcoming songs to be on the new album. Can you tell us about that? Um, So that was a song called We Know. Um, It's kind of about like, it talks about like how I'm doing a lot of things behind the scenes and I'm working on lots of projects and I have lots of like things in play but I'm not necessarily bragging or talking about it or showing off what I'm doing um, because it's not necessarily important for me to have everybody knowing um, like what it is I'm doing as long as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm just, I'm one of those people that is like, what I do is for myself. It's not for everyone else. Um, but that's going to be a part of Pain Equals Profit, which is the last uh, release that I'm doing for the six weeks of releases. Uh, or like every six weeks releasing and it's got about 10 songs on it and there's some really good songs on it i'm excited for so you've been working on that upcoming album all while releasing new singles every six sir you need make me need a cigarette like my goodness (laughs) man i mean uh, y'all want to know what 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 24-hour hustling looks like right there that young man right there okay don't tell me you can't because he's showing you right now that you can if you really apply yourself. My goodness, my goodness, man. You were just a working machine. Good Sometimes, job. like, it doesn't necessarily feel like work, but, like, I'm definitely always going or always working on something. But it, it just kind of feels like I'm... Sometimes it feels like I'm slacking off just because of the fact that making music is what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So it feels like I'm not necessarily, um, like... Like, I'll, I'll put things off to, like, work on music um, a lot. Hmm. Um, but I definitely get immersed in music. So Okay. But I do a lot, a lot, a lot with music. I, I, I see that, man. I see that, man. And it's paying off, man. Thank it's you. paying off, man. So how, how – I'm just, like, stuck on how do you keep, keep you know, divide your workflow with the – current projects with the I'm working on this too kind of thing with your upcoming project and your singles that you're releasing every few weeks so I definitely like I keep a calendar so I know exactly how long I have until something releases because the reason I chose six weeks is I have three weeks that I can promote um what I've just released Mm -hmm. and then I have three weeks to get ready for the next um what's coming up So then after the three weeks of getting ready, there's another three weeks of promoting it. And then I get ready for the next song. Um, So it helps me, it helps me like stay in a pattern. And also it's, it's easy to navigate because it's very just like, Mm. like um, sequential. Mm. But writing all that, that, that heat, man, like just heat after heat after heat. I'm just like, I'm I'm very impressed, man. Thank you. Wow. Like, are you uh, the kind of, uh, I mean, because you got producer brain, musician brain going on in there kind of thing. Are you a person that like thinks of the the, the beat before or think the lyrics before or it can happen either way? It can happen either way. Um, I feel like probably a lot of the time the beats before. Um, but it's kind of like mix and match because what happens a lot is like, for me, lyrics are very important because, like, I would I grew up listening to music with my dad, like listening to rock, and like every day going to preschool, um, every day going to kindergarten. I was in the back of his car, like DJing, telling him exactly what to play. 
And like, I was just always a music fanatic. So like lyrics were always a big deal to my dad too. Mm. So that's probably why I got very into lyrics. So I decide, like I'll choose a topic or think of what I want to say and then find musical ways to say that, that go with the beat instead of trying to like, just say stuff that sounds good on the beat. Okay. Okay, right on, man. I mean, you get you just make it sound so so easy. But me, I'm thinking of like trying to write a song, and I'm like, oh my god, I was like, might want to. I don't know. I like well, that's why y'all y'all are do, good at what you do, and I'm good at shutting and enjoying the music. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so with the. With the upcoming album coming out, is there going to be any plans for any kind of new shows to commemorate the new album coming out soon? A little bit. Um, over, like, um, the next few months, I'm going to be doing a few different shows. I'm going to be doing just stuff, like, kind of at local bars. Um, kind of, like, some smaller things. Nothing too big, though. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, is there any kind of specific places that you like to go to or specific areas that you really enjoy the vibe? Um, well, I started performing actually at this biker bar, um, called Murphy on Mains that, um, when I was in band, uh, or when my sister did color guard, um, the owner, um, I was good friends with them. So we're able to go and perform there now. Okay. Okay. Nice. And how, how have they been receiving your music so far? They've, they actually really enjoy it. Like I was a little nervous at first to go to a biker bar and perform some like rap and things when all they listen to is like country and rock and like I was nervous but when we went there it was a very interesting experience like before we even started performing um there was a fight that broke out um these two ladies um got into this brawl while me and Lil Clip were just like waiting to perform (laughs) and then we perform our first song Kill Me Now well one of the ladies that got in the fight is sitting front row just like bawling, crying, staring at us while we're performing. And we're like, we're just trying not to like laugh and like try and like just stay in character and continue to perform. <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun though. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Drama. Ladies, be nicer to each other. We got so many, so many enemies out there. So many people trying to keep us down. We don't need to keep each other down. I think they were sisters too. Oh Lord. Oh, Lord. Look, man. Look, man. Just a little word of advice, man. Anybody can be put on a GPS bracelet, and that is not cute. That is not cute. It's like walking around with a Nokia 3390 on your ankle. That stuff is messed up. It's weird. I don't wish that on nobody. Mm -mm. Please don't be that person. Have have bigger goals. (laughs) Okay? So you mentioned that you got to collaborate with your friend and fellow artist, Little Clip. Is there any other artists that you may be considering to collaborate with in the future? For sure. I definitely want to work with like local Houston artists. Um, work. I've been working with JD Dosage a bit, who I go to school with. Nice. Um, but definitely um, some local people that I'm thinking about, but we'll see what happens. On my new album, um, there's someone that I sell a lot of beats to that I've done, I was featured on one of his songs. Um, so the first song he's actually going to be featured on. Um, but I don't think I've ever actually met him. He just 
just someone I met online and sell beats to. But thanks to the internet now, I can do things like that. Yeah, but. yeah. So now, like, you have one artist recording here, one artist recording there, and then you just bring it together like peanut butter and jelly. Exactly. Oh, wow. Well, that's so cool, man. That's so cool, man. Well, hopefully y'all guys do get to meet eventually. No, and I hope so. Bless the stage together. That'd be awesome, man. For sure. Now, have a, I'm going to throw out a name out there just because, you know, it's a very open environment place. But have you ever considered doing some shows at perhaps, I mean, like Scout Bar? I would love to do some uh, performances out there, to be honest. I just, I've never actually done it yet, but mm -hmm. I would love to. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm just telling you, just listen to to your music from the past couple of days. I'm like, mm -hmm. yo, when, when are we going to have that, that show? Yeah. Like, when, when's it coming? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's probably going to be sometime soon, hopefully. Okay, awesome, man. Awesome, man. And I mean, and at the open mic that you did over here recently, like that was, that was lit, man. That was thank lit, you. man. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. No, the pleasure is all mine, man. And I mean, I'm literally going to go back and be like <laughs> taking all these notes. I'll be like, okay, wipe your ass, bring the beat. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, I mean, seriously, y'all, write it down, memorize it, because he's just laying down gold for us for free 99, okay? You can't find friends like that on the street, for real. Nah, if I can do it, any y'all can. It's, I don't know. I'm just a normal guy, I feel like, but just a normal guy with, you know, 10 Captain Kirks over there. Like, you know, the producer Kirk, the musician Kirk, the vocalist Kirk, uh, the AV Kirk. I mean, man, man, like he got the whole fleet up there, man. You know what I'm saying? Do you have any last little bit of advice for the listeners? I would say always be yourself. Don't be afraid to push the boundaries when it comes to like your musical sound or not even just in music, but like just Never be afraid to, like, just be who you are and just always push positivity. That's a big thing right now. Everyone's being, like, very negative and, like, I feel like after COVID, things got kind of, like, just everyone's mindsets got rough. But, like, I just want everyone to remember, like, we're all the same. Like, we're going to get through it. As he said, we're all going to get through it, man. We're not that different. You know what I'm saying? Short hair, brown hair, tall, short, whatever. We, we all got to go to the bathroom. We all got to take ibuprofen when our knees hurt. We're not that different. Okay? And remember, follow this man on Instagram and on all social media platforms at Boosted Mitts. Okay? If you, if you, if you don't, sure. too lazy to write down the notes, the little gold he left you, contact him. Contact him. He's a nice young man. I'm sure he's going to help you out. Not for sure. Just send me a DM and we can definitely work. The door's open. You just got to walk walk your pretty self in and say please. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>